Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Good News with Angie Austin. Now, with the Good News, here's Angie. Hey there, friend. Angie Austin with the good news, along with Michelle Ron, teacher, speaker, friend, and grandma. Welcome, Miss <laughs> no, Michelle thank Ron. Thank you. Love those descriptions. Descriptive words. Perfect. Thank oh, you. Oh, and then Miss Senior America 2004. Oh, four. Four. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's okay. That's a long time ago. It keeps getting longer all the time. But yes, it was a great experience. Still is. Yes, I know. You've got such a great crowd and you still get to do a lot of performing, etc. That's another thing you do that I think is so neat in your uh, uh, experience years is you still act and get on stage and sing. I, I have, I'm just thankful the good Lord lets me make a sound. Yes. <laughs> I love it. For that. I love uh-huh. it. All right. Let's start with your word of the week. Okay. My word today is blink. Blink. B-L-I-N- yep. Blink. And we really, all of us know that expression, what the word means. And we hear that, that expression often in the blink of an eye in reference to just how fast time has moved. Well, I looked it up, and the original uh, in the blink of an eye evolved from the expression in the twinkling of an eye. And the Dutch um, meaning for it is, uh, for blink, is twinkling. So the earliest printed record of the phrase was, also, was dates way back to 1303. Anyway, wh- when we say in the blink of an eye, we mean that it just happens very quickly. Mm -hmm. And you talked about my experienced years. And from my vantage point, I'm in the fourth quarter of my life and thankful for it. I just want to point out to all of you in the audience that's listening today and a reminder to me too, these are my words of what I'm going to call Ron-ism. Usually one says wisdom, but who am I to be wise? So it's just me. This is a Ron-ism. Yes, Michelle Ron-ism. <laughs> there we go. So today, my words, my Ron-ism is, don't let that blink pass you by without enjoying and soaking in every single moment you're given. And as an example, this came to true light to me this week because... My daughter's a teacher, and it's hard for me to grasp that she reports to her teaching job this week in Colorado. This week. And and the students in our county begin on Monday, August 8th. How did that happen? My grandson leaves this week for his junior year in college. How did that happen? My two granddaughters leave for their first year in college next week. How did that happen? My wow. youngest perfect grandkid, and aren't all of our grandkids perfect? Oh, yes. He starts sixth grade. And how did that happen along with my my junior high school wonderful grandkid begins this year, too. Now, I, in September, will speak to you about my attending my, and I can hardly say the word, 60th 
what? 60th high school reunion. And now how in the entire world did that happen? And you're going. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm going. Sure. (laughs) God willing. God willing. Yes. My point is, don't you even ever think about wishing time away or wishing time would pass quickly because it will. It will. And in the blink of an eye, it will. I want you to enjoy. I want you to learn. I want you to form a memory. And from that time that our good Lord allows us to be on this earth, and by the way, there's a reason he has us here. Don't forget that Abraham was 75 when God gave him his major life assignment. Well, what's yours and what's mine? And in the blink of an eye, it'll be over. I just, it really came to point this week with school starting. So there you go. My Ronism for the week. Yeah, uh, school starting and, you know, your grandkids going off as well as your uh, daughter starting. Okay. And you were a teacher, so it all all rings the bell. Okay. I have a couple of thoughts on that. Charles Stanley, you know, uh, one of my favorite pastors, I used to listen to his uh, sermons every single day and take a walk on the beach when I lived in California. Mm, And he talks about time, how it's something you can never get back and to use that Mm -hmm. time so wisely and to not waste it because that second that we just passed, that minute where we talked about blink, it's gone. And so mm-hmm. use that time very wisely. And I think about my sister-in-law telling me, I said, which is your favorite? You know, her son's 22. Which, uh, you know, part of childhood is your favorite? And she said, um, I try to enjoy every stage, you know, like really enjoy not just the baby mm-hmm. or not just the 10-year-old or three-year-olds, like five-year-olds are f- so fun and so are six-year-olds and so enthusiastic and happy but she said I try to enjoy every stage and uh, mm. so that really soaked in with me and I've really tried to enjoy every moment with the kids and then the last thought that I have about this all is um, well now I'm looking at my notes and now I don't remember uh, what I was going to say but oh the kids oh the car I wrote kids car here's what I, I take little notes kids car okay this is what I was going to tell you my son we b- bought this SUV when he was born because I had a Porsche a 911 Cabriolet the convertible and my husband <laughs> yeah. and that's not good for a baby so we sold that and we bought this SUV real sturdy uh, and it was almost brand new but not new uh, when he was right. born Uh, He was born in 2005. It was a 2003. Okay. We just gave it to him because he's 17. He has his driver's license. So he's driving Uh the car we brought him home from the hospital in. Wow. Isn't that fun? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that he sat in the little back seat in his little, you know, preemie <laughs> outfit. He wasn't a preemie, but you know how tiny they are when they come and home. Sure. They can't, now you know, wear anything. Yes, oh. now he's in the front seat with an airbag. Yeah. And he's oh six feet gosh. tall. So, oh, and one thing I wanted to add, too, is you're talking about the, the time um, elements that you remember. A long time ago, Jefferson County, and I was a Jeff, Jeffco teacher, they, there was a survey taken of graduating seniors. And they, the question asked, one of the questions asked was, what is it that you like to have? And in the top three answers was time alone with my parents. Or time alone with my mom. I mean, how relevant is that today? I mean, this was years before, before social media, before that, but time alone with my parents. And it just really strikes home, I think, because 
We are, and I'm guilty. Oh my gosh, I'm guilty. We are so busy. We are running here and running there. But God tells us, first of all, we must take time for him. And then family, we must take time for our family. And, you know, even, even if we're on the run to an activity with a kid in the car, take time for that to talk about, about relationships of, oh, I'm glad you're with me, or aren't we, isn't it, look what God has done. Let's, let's find God in what we're passing by. I mean, just some time alone with our kid. And it was very relevant then and even more so today. You know, I have to tell you, um, this hits home as well, because last week or the last couple of weeks, I've been doing the lazy river for something new for my workouts because I was kind of in a little bit of a rut and not getting to the gym. Like I normally walk five miles a day and I just kind of like, I want something new. Well, I get totally woken up when I walk, when I jump in the lazy river. Well, my husband and my son were training together, but they were butting heads. So they stopped lifting together because they're clones and they argue. No, I did this way. Well, I was taught this way. No, this weight. No, that weight. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. so he's been lazy rivering it with me. Well, I use like hand things and, you know, little leg weights and try to make it a workout. Yeah. He just floats around with me for fun <laughs> and then runs up the slide. Uh-huh. He's not embarrassed to be with his mom. I was just talking yesterday that like I said, oh, I'm so glad you're not embarrassed to be with your mama, with your mommy, mm-hmm. because, you know, there's other teens there that he knows and he's not even sure. embarrassed to be floating around with me at 17. And we we mm-hmm. talk we mm-hmm. talk so right. much. He goes, Mom, when we all leave, I'll bet you're going to be a foster mom if Dad will let you. I said, why do you say that? <laughs> He's like, just because you're so into it. Like, you just like having kids mm-hmm. and being around kids. And we just mm-hmm. had so much fun. It was like my highlight of the week that we got to talk so much. And then my daughter, my 15-year-old, did it with me. And she wasn't embarrassed mm-hmm. to be with her mommy either. You don't see any mm-hmm. other kids, teenagers in there floating around with their mommy, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> it was so Excellent. fun. Excellent. In that, and just enjoy every minute of that. Well, because I, that that's a memory that they're forming too. Well, you say too about, um, you know, the, the survey said that I want more time alone with my parents for these seniors we're going to family camp and we'll be gone nine ten days something like that and my husband's going this time it's the one that my i call it hippie camp it's the one my dad um, used to take us to and he would do tai chi there and the kids would all take tai chi so it's our first year without him and we'll have some cousins there Mm -hmm. as well we all stay in the same cabin we're right next to the lake and then i'm teaching the nine to twelve year olds and the kids are helping me yeah 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 but with that said it's a lot of um when i one time and Mark has now been training my daughter in volleyball. He also mm-hmm. coaches Faith's basketball. And then mm. um, all the kids, I think, are going to do the mile-long swim. So every single across the lake, every single oh, thing wow. that we do basically during the week is together. However, from my um, a- another author friend who said that there was a sermon recently she heard about uh, responsibility and release. The more we release our kids as well, the more responsibility they have to take on. Um, My son today is driving to Boulder to deliver some shoes and the guy paid him a hundred bucks. And I'm like, if you're cool driving to Boulder with your new license, you know, go for it. We trust you to do it. And then he runs his own business. He set up over the weekend, you know, took all of his uh, inventory down, did all of his books and brought all the money back and got it deposited in the bank and already invested in the stock market. And um, 
uh, this is going to be the first time that they are old enough if they want to to sleep in the teen camp. No, I feel comfortable releasing my 17-year-old to have that responsibility to te- uh, to sleep in the teen cabin with an adult. Mm-hmm. But the girls, I don't think so. I mean, the little one especially. She's so dinky. I mean, she's just she looks like she's 10. So I think I'll keep mm. the girls back, but I'm ready to you know, release Rye to have that freedom. But other than that, I told the kids you can do whatever you want at camp, go anywhere you want, as long as you don't go into anyone's cabin alone. You can go mm-hmm. anywhere you want on camp and just have a great time. How fun is that? Oh, my gosh. And how many cousins are we talking? Three cousins are coming, adult, so they're my cousins. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and one of them is a big kid, a big red-haired, slightly tubby <laughs> kid. I mean, he is, uh-huh. he's got three teenage sons himself. They're not coming, but he is so much fun. My, my kids are like, oh, I'm so glad Brian's coming because he'll do anything with us, and he will. Let's <laughs> jump off rocks. Let's roll down a hill in a tire. You know, like, whatever, he'll do it. Oh, sure. Sure. Hey, that's great. Well, how fun. You are fortunate to have that, my dear. Very fortunate. And I'm I'm so glad that you're doing it. And that Mark's going. Yes. I mean, Mark going is a huge. He's he's tried to right. back out a few times and I let him. I said, I understand. Yeah. If you don't want to go. That's fine. That's cool. Uh-huh. And then like the next week, he's like, well, I'm going. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, and then if he backs out, I'm like, OK. And then well, I'm going. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, you've got a ticket. So it's up to you. So I never wanted uh-huh. to feel like forced into these things. But he's Correct. out, of, he's out right. of his comfort zone with the contra dance and the singing around the campfire. But I'm sure uh-huh. he'll do just fine. Oh, I'm sure he will, because you're all together. This is great. God, God, what what he brings us to, he equips us for. Mark will be equipped just perfectly. And I'll give you a full report when we get back. I want to make sure (laughs) people know that um, you sing, so you'll sing at events. Mm -hmm. You uh, also speak, and your your price is right. You're very affordable. I appreciate that. And you'll go all over Denver and speak at MOPS groups or senior facilities Uh or women's groups or whatever you want, whatever they want. And uh, I want to make sure people can find you. Well, thank you. It's just www.michelle at michellearon.com. And then your website, that's your email, right? So michellearon.com is your email. michellearon.com. Yep. Yep. Great. Thank you, friend. Love you. Thank you. Love you, too. See ya. Walden is tuned to the mighty 670 KLTT Denver. ARC thrift stores have been an essential part of Colorado's economy with an economic impact of over $2.3 billion in the last 15 years. During the shutdowns due to COVID-19, ARC thrift stores distributed over 200 tons of food to people in need and distributed thousands of pounds of essential supplies to homeless shelters and child care centers. That included over 100 million pounds of recycled donations to keep them out of landfills. ARC annually provides services to more than 9,000 people with intellectual or developmental disabilities. Unlike other nonprofit organizations, their outreach has never ended. Right now, ARC has three to five relief efforts per week. When you shop at your local ARC, your hard-earned money directly supports a company that gives back to its community. Decide to shop today at the ARC thrift store near you. Find the nearest location at arcthrift.com. That's arcthrift.com. 
Hi, friend. Angie Austin here with the good news. Well, we hear about it on the news quite often, cyber attacks on businesses. I even read about a hospital that paid a ransom because it, you know, was really a life or death situation for the patients. Well, a new IBM security report reveals consumers are paying the price. Yeah, you and me, we are paying for costlier and higher impact data breaches. To learn more about this and what can be done, we have the pleasure of having an expert in the area in this sponsored interview. Joining us is Lemore Kessum, Principal Consultant of Cyber Crisis Management with IBM Security. Welcome. Hi, how are you? Doing well. I find this to be a fascinating subject. So would you walk us through some of the cyber attack trends of 2022 and what you've learned from these attacks? Yes, Angie, what we're seeing is, as you were mentioning, cyber attacks are evolving into market stresses are hurting the economy. When a company has to pay, on average, $4.35 million for an attack, and that's a 13% increase over the past two years alone, you know, the pandemic years, really, um, the consumers end up paying the price for these all-time high breach costs. Uh, And it's kind of the way that COVID is hurting the economy and a war in Ukraine causing supply chain delays and extra costs. This is the cyber cyber tax where businesses are passing some of the costs to the consumers and it's not hard math to make out. Well, I, I it was interesting that that this topic, you know, came up with you. Um, I, I was planning on it and I was talking to a couple of my friends who are either in cybersecurity or my friend's son just started. And there's a program, you know, with our school, um, the high school, I've got three teenagers, and you can actually go to this outside facility um, every other day and you can learn about things like cybersecurity or business classes, et cetera, or learn how to be a carpenter. And I told my kids, I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, you guys have to take some of these free cybersecurity classes. I'm like, this is it. This is a trend. Like, they are hiring so many cybersecurity people because this is a huge problem. It is a huge problem, and there's a major skills shortage. So when something goes wrong or when you need cybersecurity people, they're extremely hard to come by uh, because of a shortage in this. There are, you know, millions of open jobs across the globe and truly not enough people. So the more people we have up coming up the ranks, the better it is. How cool, though, that, you know, in high school, they can learn to do this. Okay, so let's talk more about that, um, you know, supply chain and, uh, you know, what factors are contributing. Like, why is it worse due to the pandemic? Well, the pandemic has already made the supply chain see a lot of shortages and we're seeing supply chain costs higher than they've been in 40 years. Now, you know, companies down the supply chain, if we're looking at critical infrastructure, so transportation, um, there's energy, technology, industrial firms, and other public sector industries, they're being targeted a lot by cyber criminals because that's where there's a lot of leverage. The more they're sensitive to downtime, the more leverage criminals are trying to have to force Uh the victims to pay. Yeah, like a hospital. Think about a hospital. Yeah, Yeah, that's a great example. And by the way, the average cost of a data breach uh, for the healthcare sector is $10.1 million, so more than twice the price. And that is the highest cost, and it's been also 12 years running. It leads the charge in terms of the highest cost. So you go to a hospital, your data has been you know, encrypted by a cyber criminal and they cannot access things that have to do with your health or allergies. This could put people's life at risk. And it's a very big thing. And, and criminals know that. They know that this is going to force uh, victimized organizations to pay them. And this very high cost are what's driving, you know, everything that they're doing and the cost that we end up paying as the consumers of these services. Now, you're mentioning that, you know, there is a a hiring crisis in terms of there not being enough availability of people who are trained to take care of this. Uh, So in terms of 
the average organization that may not have access to some of these cybersecurity experts? You know, like what can be done to protect, you know, smaller businesses, medium businesses, or the people that just can't get the proper, you know, help to effectively safeguard themselves from these ransom creeps? Right. So I think that there's, you know, the value of best practices and security basics cannot be overstated at any point. It doesn't matter what business it is. It can be the biggest, most biggest budgeted business. You know, you have to do the basics. You have to uh, focus on detection, making sure you have things in place. It doesn't have to be costly. There's a lot of advice out there. There's something called threat intelligence. Some of it is free. Just keep following companies like IBM Security and other companies that release information about attackers, how they do things, what is the indicators of them being in your system. And, uh, you know, just be on top of things. If you don't have a big security team, obviously, you need to automate some of the tasks that, mm-hmm. that are uh, on deck. So all the mundane, repetitive, small analysis that can be done by a machine, invest a little bit in, in automation. It's going to pay back in dividends. You know, it's going to pay back in releasing staff to actually do important things things and also retain them longer. And if something does happen, they're able to use this technology to recover faster with less people. So this is a big one. And it's also shown in the cost of a data breach that it's a, it's a major cost reduction uh, way. Um, and another thing that businesses can do is also be more prepared. So yes, we can prevent to an extent. And we want to be able to detect things sooner. But we also have to prepare for something bad happens. What do we do? Who does it? What do we need? If we don't have experts in-house, we might have to contract outside experts. So do that in advance and prepare all those things as, as you would. You know, we would go and get right legal advice on the retainer. We don't have a counsel in-house, but we can call the law firm to help us. Same thing we do here. So making sure that we have these things in place is not only more relaxing, but it's very helpful if something goes wrong. And I, I understand that it doesn't pay to pay the ransom. Explain that. Well, if you look at what is ransomware, right? It's an extortion crime. You right. wouldn't want to pay a criminal. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, the, the advice and advice from the FBI is don't pay the criminals because, A, you don't know what the result is going to be and how much faster it's really going to help the company recover. B, you're funding your next problem. So, you know, if we keep paying these gangs and gangsters, that that's what they are then we are funding the next crime and the next company that's going to be attacked and, and all these troubles down the line. So it's definitely not recommended. Uh, in some cases in the United States, if a criminal, and, and a lot of them are from Eastern Europe, uh, if they come from a sanctioned country that the Treasury Department defined and you try to pay them, that is a federal crime. So on top of that, even if somebody wants to pay them, they don't necessarily have the ability to pay them. So that all has to be taken into account. There are a lot of considerations. It's a very valid question. Um, but, you know, it all has to do with, you know, a risk management, looking at the business impact and making a decision with the executives. You know, that's fascinating to me that it actually costs um, you more if you pay the ransom, not initially, but then in the long run, if that makes sense, yeah. you know, in terms yeah, of in your, the long run. your overall expenses. All right. I'm always uh, curious, Lamore. Um, I'm looking at your LinkedIn. I'm, I'm just fascinated by why people have a passion for certain things. And so and how cool you're from Tel Aviv. Um, 
I, I, that people have a passion for things. So how did you get into this? And it's cool that, you know, you're a woman in this arena, because I'm assuming there there might be a few more men in this uh, area of expertise. Yeah. So, <laughs> so tell, tell, tell me what, um, you know, led to your passion for doing this, because you obviously have reached a, you know, a level of success where you've been good at what you do. Right. So I've gotten into cybersecurity through the field called threat intelligence, was finding out what criminals are doing and how they're doing it, and then reporting it to the companies, the militaries, and the governments that need to know about it in order to help prevent and to take these people, uh, you know, charge them with the crimes that they're doing. Um, and in that sense, you know, if you look at other professions that do something similar, that's cops or firefighters or other people, who for for them it's not just a job. This is almost like a calling. It's a way to do good for the world. It's to help other people, and you do it every day. And you know, when I help companies think about their cyber crisis and how they're going to manage it and and be able to come out of it uh, and be you know better off, and in the end, I'm not just helping them. I'm helping all the people that are going to be consuming their services and and everybody that's going to be impacted if they ever got hit. That's a good point, not just helping the company, but the people that also uh, work with and buy from that company. So in terms yeah. of, um, so are you kind of like your people, are they kind of like a crisis team? Like, let's say I had, I ran a hospital and this happened to, you know, Hospital Angie, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't have any access to any of my <laughs> records, you know, for my patients. Would we call like you or, you know, your team, would we call IBM and yep. say, hey, we need a crisis team? Yeah. Absolutely. We have a 24-7 hotline for IBM Security Incident Response, and companies can call us and we'll send people over to help them out. We'll send the best of our experts to help them understand what went wrong and how they can uh, fix it and how they can contain and kick the attackers out and all the good stuff. We also help companies by proactive services. So before something bad happens, let's think out all the possible things you need to do to make sure that you manage the crisis properly and come out of it properly as well uh, with as little damage as possible. Now, people make this call and get your experts or experts in general. Are they less likely to pay that ransom? Do they still sometimes have to pay the ransom? I know that's a tough question because you have to say, yeah, it's a sometimes. Question that, yeah. They, they actually have to make that decision on their own. We advise, right? We can advise them what to do. It's typically, what companies would do is they bring in their executives and their legal department, and they deliberate on the damage one way or another. And they try to come to a point of the least possible damage, so the yeah. worst, the, the the less evil, right? Yeah. Uh, that's what they try to come to. Um, some pay. You know, what can you do? Others don't. And they, you know, either way, the recovery process is a lot of times similar. So even if they got, let's say the data was locked up, they got the key to decrypt it, that still takes a ton of time. Yeah. You know, uh, if they have backups, they can use the backups and do it. That will take a ton of time. But it's, you know, they have to figure out what's the, the worst case scenario here. Okay, one thing that confuses me that I'm sure you can help me with is the cloud. Now, like, is the cloud safe? Like, are we going to be able, like the average person or small business going to be able to always have access to the cloud? To me, like I have 36,000 pictures and videos on my phone because I've got a bunch of kids. So I never want, even though they're in the cloud, I never want to delete it from my phone because I'm like old school and still nervous about the cloud. So it just seems so obscure to me. 
So you're not old school. You're actually really smart because having redundancy is the most important thing. You don't want to put your eggs all in one basket, mm-hmm. right? This is not a new notion. So some of them are on your phone or all the pictures are still on your phone and they're also in the cloud. Uh, or you can move them to a hard drive and clear your phone and then have them in those two places. Those are things that anybody should be doing. Um, as for the cloud, I want to compare it to a house. Let's say uh, you have a house and you tell me, is my house secure? And I'll say, I don't know. Do you have an alarm system? Do you have something that tells you if somebody opened a window or a back door? Do you have, you know, kind of protection? Do you have inside? Do you have CCTV? And I'll ask you all these questions. Same thing is in the cloud. Did you secure it? When you move the data, when you move your family into the house, did you put an alarm clock? I'm um, sorry, an alarm, an alarm on the house, you know, sorry, not an alarm clock. Um, and it's the same thing. And what happened during the pandemic is something very simple. Companies had to have employees start working remotely very quickly. Uh-huh. And that is almost like saying, oh, my God, my family suddenly has 40 more kids. I need a bigger house now. Right. And so the first priority was to get that bigger house. But the security wasn't as much in the budget and in the strategy of moving to the cloud and doing like scaling up into the cloud. And that is definitely a trend we saw during the pandemic. The cloud itself is easy to secure. It's easier to secure than a bunch of servers in a back room. And it is, you know, faster and more agile in so many different ways. Uh, There's a lot of automation we can do there, uh, but it needs that kind of attention. It needs a security to be, uh, you know, in lockstep with moving data and workloads to the cloud. That is fascinating. Uh, Such a great interview. Really good information. I feel like I learned a lot. Uh, Where can we go for uh, more information, Lamore? For more information, go to IBM.com slash security. You can also search for IBM incident response or cost of a data breach. All these reports are out there available to you. I also authored a report called uh, Definitive Guide to Ransomware that you could look up if, you know, for small businesses that could be of help as well. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin on AM670 KLTT. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.